Come on and praise the King. Worship you, Lord. Yeah, come on, somebody. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I know I am. Why don't you give God one more shout of praise? He's worthy of it. Wow. If it weren't for the cross, right? If it weren't for what Jesus done on the cross for you and I, where would we be? If it weren't for the Lord. Oh, wow. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We ask your blessing now as we get into your word. God, I know that you have a word that is fresh and anointed just for us here in this room today. Lord, I pray your blessing as we go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, if you're just excited as I am to be here, take 15 seconds. Just give somebody a high five, a handshake, or a hug and let them know you're glad to see them here in the house. All right. Well, it's good to see you today. You guys look great. Happy Sunday morning. It's so good to see you. We're uh, a little thin, or at least I am up here on the front row. My beloved has left me for the weekend. They went on this um, uh, ladies' retreat, and so uh, I know they're having a great time. They're coming back today, uh, but I do miss my wife. I, I love it when she's home. Don't like it so much when she's not. But hey, that's neither here nor there. I'm excited to preach this word today. Listen, guys, uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has something specifically for you and I in this room and those of you that watch online today. And I just want you to come expectant. I want you to come right here, right now. If you need a heart change, if you need a perspective change, if you need to just flip the script on how you're feeling this morning, do that right now because I need you to come at this with with expectation of the Lord to do something great today. I need you to come at this with expectation that the God that we serve and praise and worship and lift our hands and shout for is the same God that's in this room today and the same God that is going to be speaking directly to the hearts and the lives of you who are in this room, to me as I stand up here, and to you which are online. By the way, a quick shout out to everybody who watches online. Thank you so much for being faithful, not only in uh, being a part of Overcome Church here, uh, but just uh, what you do in giving, what you do uh, in just being a part of the online community. You guys rock. You are just as much a part of Overcome Church as any of us standing in this room today, and we love you. We thank you, and it's so good to uh, see you or kind of act like I see you. Um, anyway, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm excited about what God has uh, for us this morning. Uh, if you are ready, say, I'm ready. Okay, half of y'all are ready, so we can go. That's good. Uh, today, I want to talk about where I'm at. I want to talk about where I'm at. Serious discussion today. I want to talk about where I'm at. Today, I hope that it would be um, full-blown encouragement for you today. 
I want you to leave this place encouraged by the word of God, encouraged by what the Lord speaks over your life, encouraged about your current position, because though your current position in life, whether you're going through the valley or whether you're even on the mountaintop, no matter where you are in this uh, context today, uh, where you are is not where you're going. Say that with me. Where you are. Oh my goodness, y'all are on today. It's going to be a good day. We'll say it one more time. Where you are is not where you're going. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise if that's true in your life. If you know that's true, that's going to be seriously important for you to remember as we go through this today. But today I want to talk about where I'm at. And the context of where we're coming from scripturally is the Israelites' entrance into the promised land. Now if you know anything about the word of God or if you've read through this uh, section of history... Uh, which it is history, if you read this historical account, you know that the Israelites' entrance into the promised land or the promise of God, the land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, and let me break that down for you in just a second, but let me finish this thought. Uh, If you know anything about this uh, contextually, you know that they had a rough time stepping into the promise of the Lord, and there was a reason for it, and I think that could speak volumes to you and I in this room today, and so I feel very led and anointed by the Lord to preach this to you today, and so come expectant as you hear it, please. Uh, just a little, uh, uh, a little short side lesson here, land flowing with milk and honey. I've had plenty of debate, plenty of conversation with people that either don't believe or are hinging on unbelief, uh, but still kind of, believe, you know, kind of riding the fence there, which is not a safe place to be. Please don't do that. Um, but I've had conversation, people uh, always throw the milk and honey comment up. People uh, think that when the Bible references the promised land flowing with milk and honey, they think it's referencing heaven or the kingdom of God. They don't know the context of the Canaan land. The Canaan land is the land flowing with milk and honey. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't have waterfalls or honey falls. And it's not, you know, uh, milk does not burst from the ground or fall out of the trees. A land flowing with milk and honey describes a land that is uh, rich in fruit, rich in nutrients, has plenty cattle, has plenty animals, plenty, uh, plenty land, plenty, everything you need. And so as we talk through this, and as you hear that term or that phrase, uh, land flowing with milk and honey, envision a land that is plentiful with fruit and the necessities of life and uh, everything that the Israelite nation and community would need to live uh, and, and boy, was it a promised land uh, directly for the Israelites. Anyway, going forward, that's the context of where we're coming from today. We're going to take everything we talk about today from the Israelites' um, escapades going into uh, the promised land. So if you're with me, say, I'm here. Okay, you're here. Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 26. Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 26. How many of you know you can get some good stuff from the Old Testament? It's not irrelevant. It's just as much relevant right here and now as you are sitting in the seat that you're in. Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 26. I want to talk about where I'm at. The Bible says this. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. Little context here, Moses was commanded by God to send spies into the Canaan land to go scope it out. They were right on the fringe and could have walked right in, but uh, it was a smart move to kind of see what they were up against. This is the land that would 
uh, be handed to them by the Lord. This is the land that was promised. This was God's promise. And so Moses sends these spies and they come back with a report and some fruit in hand. They reported to Moses, we went into the land uh, where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of uh, Enoch there, the uh, Amalekites, which are dangerous folk. The Amalekites are living there in the land of Negev. The Hethites, Jebusites, the Amorites, the Cellulites uh, live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Now, mind you, the Canaan land is a vast land with multiple cities. The Canaanites live by the sea along the Jordan and along the Jordan. Uh, then Caleb quieted, and that, oh, we should talk about Caleb one day. Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. We can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him responded, we, we can't attack these people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites uh, about the land that they had scouted. And the land we... Uh, they said, the land we pass through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it were men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there, the giants, the big giant people. The descendants of Enoch come from the Nephilim. So uh, to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed uh, the same to them. Now get the, uh, get the whole picture here. Here Moses is commanded by God, hey, send two spies in. He does, sends some spies in, and there they go scope out the land, and indeed it is a land flowing with milk and honey. The promise of God is sweet, and it's wonderful. It's flowing with milk and honey. It has everything that they stand in need of. Here is a land, the promise of God, that has literally been given to them. They just need to step into it. Isn't that much like the promises that we have today? The promise of God has already been given to you. You just need to step into it. But here lies, and what we'll go through today uh, uh, is a great example of what we do here in this life with the promises of God. We are much like the Israelites in many ways. And so here, the Israelites are um, on the fringe of stepping into the Canaan land for the first time. And here, the spies come back with a report. Um, yeah, the land's flowing with milk and honey, but there's giant people in there, and it's scary, and they're stronger than us, and... Uh, and you got one crew that's like, yes, we, we can conquer. Caleb, he's like, oh yeah, God's handed that land to us. We're going in, we're going to conquer it. But then you got the other crew that is shaking uh, to the core and won't even try it. My first point, if you're writing anything down, I want to talk about where they were. Where they were gives us great context to where they're going. Where they were. They were approaching the promised land. Now this time frame, and there's an importance to why I'm giving you this time frame here. This time frame was around um, uh, 1408 B.C., okay? And that's important for you to know because I'm going to share something else with you in a little bit. But uh, this, when this was written... Uh, it was about 1408 B.C. Now, that, that you, you can give or take whatever. Just bear with me as we talk through this. I'm not going to give you, uh, for the sake of time, we're not getting into a college you know, uh, lecture here. 
1408 BC, Moses sends spies into the Canaan land. The spies come back with two comments to describe what was seen. One, they see giants and the people are strong. They're mighty in the land. And the cities are heavily fortified. Sounds like a good land to to inhabit, a good land to hold on to, good property, good property to have. But then they come back, there's great fruit, and it, it's truly a land flowing with milk and honey. It has everything we need. The promise of God was confirmed and true. I'll say that one more time, and maybe you should write that down. The promise of God was not only confirmed, it's true, Right? In other words, God did say this, and what he said was true. God did say this, and what he said was true. The promise of God had been confirmed to be true. And what I want to say to you today, church, is that the promises of God concerning you have been confirmed, and they are true. What the Lord promises you is confirmed and true, and that's something to be grateful for. What God says, he means. What he does, he does it in in truth, and he means Well, I I posted something the other day. God's got your best in mind. He really does. He's got your best in mind, and that's something to hold on to. His promises are confirmed and true. Secondly, let's go through this quickly so I can do most of the preaching at the end here. Um, I want to talk about where they are. We talked about where they were, and we saw that, they, hey, they had come to approach the Canaan land, the promised land, and Moses is now lead, still leading the Israelite community at this time. Moses and his brother Aaron here at this moment. And this is what happens. They go from where they were to where they are. This is where they are, and this is what I really want to talk about the most uh, today uh, regarding where I'm at, where we are at, where I'm at. Um, the Bible says in Numbers chapter 14, starting in verse 1, the Bible says this, Then the whole community broke out into loud cries. Now this is directly after what we just read in the Bible. This is directly after uh, the people went to the Israelites, like uh, the, the spies went to the Israelites and said, It's a no-go. We are not going into the promised land. Could you imagine saying that? We are not going to take the promise of the Lord. We're not going to step into what God promised us. The people are scary in there, and they are giants, and yeah, it's got fruit, or no, remember, they lied. The spies lied, and they said, the fruit, it is barren, and no fruit, no fruit in that land. Then the whole community broke out into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron, and the whole community told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. In other words, like the same thing they've been saying to Moses this whole trek. If you read the, the, uh, the Exodus and all throughout the, the latter part of it, the whole thing is the Israelites are constantly complaining to Moses and Aaron about their cir- uh, current circumstances and how they should have just been left in Egypt. You should have just left me in captivity. You should have just left. At least we were eating good food there. At least we had things provided for us. Yeah, we were slaves. Yeah, we were, uh, we were working um, day in and day out, tirelessly, but at least we had food, at least we had shelter, at least we were just living. And I wonder if that's some of you today. I wonder if some of you settle for less than God's best for you because at least you were just comfortable. At least you had a little comfort. At least you had the promise, or not the promise, but at least you had food. At least you had the bed. Lazy faith. 
They go on to say, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Isn't that a question we've asked before? Why in the world would the Lord do this? Why? We ask God why on many occasions about many different things. Why would the Lord let her or him pass away now? Why would the Lord let such happen to such a young boy? Why in the world would the Lord let me go through this? Why? It's where I'm at. Some, somebody say, it's where I'm at. Goes on to say, our wives and children will be plunder or will be or become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader. Let's go ahead and make our own leader here. Let's create our own camp and we're going to go back to Egypt. We're going to go back to captivity. We're going to go back into that way of thinking. We're going to go back into that way of leadership. We're going to go back into that way of living because it's easier. It's, it, we've done it before. We've seen it before. It feels great. We know the process and procedures. We know how to operate well within that. Screw doing something new. Forgive my language. But let's go back to what we know. Can I be real in this room or should we be fake? Tell me. Let me know. Forget doing something new. Let's go back to what we know. And they said, okay, let's appoint our leaders. Let's go back. And then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly in the Israelite community. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of uh, that guy, who were among the, I knew it earlier. Please forgive me. I knew it earlier, and it just slipped me. Who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes. They tore their clothes and they said to the entire Israelite community, the Lord we, or the, the, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased, like here they're coming clean, these spies are. The, the land that we passed through are, is an extremely good land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land. In other words, if the Lord is in this with us, if the Lord has anything to say about it, he will come through. Somebody say, he will come through. Do you believe it? If the Lord is in it, he will come through. They said the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land. A land flowing with milk and honey. And give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. For we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Somebody say the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. While the whole community threatened to stone them. The glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites in the tent of meeting. Mm. Let's recap the context here. Here, the people, um, they're shouting. It's not safe. We're not stepping into the promise of God. It's not, we can't do it. it the people are giant. Yeah, there may be uh, milk and honey in there, so to speak, but uh, this is a sketchy uh, moment of time. We're not going to do it period. They said, why don't we just go back to Egypt? And so what they do is they form their own leadership and they say, 
peace out, we're gone. They go, they're, they're, you know, they're headed back to uh, Egypt. And here Moses and Aaron, Caleb and, and the spies that were sent in, they get on their knees and they tear their clothes. That was a sign of anguish. That was a sign of just like, I'm being real with you in this moment. Like, this is the bear me. This is who I am. I just need to share this with you. Uh, you can't go. You can't depart. You can't form your own leadership and go back to Egypt. This is the land that the Lord is giving us. We will defeat the strength of the people in there. We will. God has handed this over to us already. We must trust him. If the Lord is in it, he will come through. If the Lord is in it, he will come through. If the Lord is in it, he will come through. And as they sit there and they describe their anguish to these people and just lay it all out, that's where they are in the moment. That's where I'm at. Let me tell you where I got this title. You'll think it's pretty comical. I've been spending a lot of time with my friend in the morning, just a good friend, uh, working out. And this dude tried to kill me the other day. Yeah, it was wild. You'd think your friend wouldn't kill you, but he did. Um, no, we're working out, uh, and we're training for this thing that's like a really intensive workout. And uh, we tried to do like a half, half kind of, you know, we're going to do it halfway. You know, why not, right? Well, we're out there, and we're, by the end of it, we're both complaining. Like, he's a beast, but we're both complaining. It's like, oh, you know, out of breath, feel like you're dying. Your legs are cinder blocks, running a couple miles, doing a lot of push-ups, pull-ups, and, and air squats. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm a wimp. I, I'm a wimp, and my legs were cinder blocks. And I'm like, I don't know. You ever, like, you're, it's like, don't know how you're walking? Like, that's how I felt. And we're, like, doing a cool down after, and, and he's like, you know, he's, he's complaining, I'm complaining. He makes a statement, he says, it's where I'm at, you know. This sucks, but it's where I'm at. I thought about it, though, and he kind of got to see the, the whole formation of how a message will start, and, and, and now you get to see the fruition of it. But, like, uh, that statement just threw it out at me because it's like, yeah, this sucks right now in the moment, and this is terrible in the moment. I'm going through a really hard time with my legs. My legs have never been the same since, I'm telling you, even now as I stand in front of you. And, yeah, though this moment is terrible, it's where I'm at. But where I'm at is not where I'm going. And it's the mindset to know that where I'm at is not where I'm going. It's when you know that and when you take that perspective and when you believe and trust that, hey, though my current position is not ideal, where I'm going will be ideal. And I'll tell you why here in just a moment. I want to talk about where they are. Where they were and where they are. Their current position regarding God's promise. Look back at uh, verse 1 through 9, you'll see a bunch of unrest and rebellion of the people. We're going to form our own leadership. We're going to rebel. Ain't that just like us today? We don't like the leadership of one individual, we just dip out. Why not? Hey, we don't like what they said, I'm mad, dip out. We don't like how they lead, I'm mad, dip out. There's no doubt in my mind, there'll be a time when somebody won't like what I say. Please don't get mad and just dip out. Help me. <laughs> um, Verse nine or verse one through nine, unrest and rebellion of the people, fear of entering the promise of God. I feel like today that's our uh, battle. You know, the enemy doesn't have much to do. I don't, I don't think that I don't, I don't think the enemy's too busy right now because we keep ourselves busy with fear. We are so afraid to enter the promise of God because it's a lot of unknown. It's a lot of unknowns. Trusting the Lord, true trust, true belief 
in, in what God said. If God said it, I can believe it. Well, yeah, I can believe it. I have that option, but like, it's hard to believe. It's hard to trust God with my finances. It's hard to trust God with my marriage. It's hard to trust God with my business. It's hard to trust God in every area that I walk in this life. It's hard. Why? Because God isn't standing, shaking hands, making agreements with me every morning, right? I don't have a paper contract with the Lord. There's nothing binding me to the Lord other than my faith and trust in him and his Holy Spirit deposited within me. You get where I'm going with this? So this is the battle we face on a day-to-day basis. And it's where I'm at. The battle we face is with ourselves regarding the fear of entering into the promise of the Lord. Verse 10, the Lord shows up though. Here they are. You got this group of Israelites that are ready to go. They're ready to leave. They are on their way out peace we're out and then you have Moses Aaron Caleb and this and the spies tearing their clothes and and just saying hey no you you got it wrong this this is like this is the way we need to go and you need to know this you need to know that we know that this is the way to go leadership trying to convince other people that this is the way we should go and then in the midst of such you know rumbling and rustling there's a thing they had called the tent of meeting. We'll talk about it one time. I, lo- I love the, the conversation about the tent of meeting. Uh, um, that I'll tell you really quick just for context. One time. It's, it's really cool. Moses would set up the tent of meeting and, and uh, there were plenty of other tents around it. And people would uh, kind of watch sometimes as Moses would go into the tent of meeting and they would hear sounds and they would hear the rumblings and thunders of the Lord's voice speaking to Moses. Right, And, and Moses would come out. And there was a phrase after, you know, go back and look it up. I can't tell you exactly where it is in the word of God, but it's close to where we are today. Anyway, uh, there was something that the people said. They stood in awe as Moses would exit the tent of meeting, and they knew that he had been with the Lord. Like that tent of meeting is just special. I wonder if people know that you've been with the Lord. That's a side message. We'll get on that in a little while. But God shows up in the tent of meeting, and nobody's in there. But obviously, that means we need to go see what the Lord is saying. And so, they go. And the story goes like this. For the sake of time, I'll just share it with you. Uh, just a short synopsis of the context. His presence shows up in the tent of meeting, and God ju- uh, he judges the Israelite community for their rebellion. For not listening to the leadership to uh, step into the promise. Like, the whole conversation thus far has been, we're headed for the promise. Hey, Moses, hey, Aaron, where are we going? Should have just left us in Egypt. No, there's a promise. Nobody had spoken with the Lord but Moses and Aaron. Moses, this doesn't look right. What are you doing? There's a promise. I'm trying to tell you, we're going to the promise. Moses, my kids are worn out, they're tired, my family's, you know, on the fringe of, uh, you know, separating over this whole issue. We're, I mean, we want to go back to Egypt, what's going on, Moses? There's a promise. I'm trying to tell you, we're going to the promise. That had been the conversation up to this point. And here, they're right on the fringe of the promise. And finally, the Israelites, or a group of the Israelites, decide they're just going to uproot and go back to Egypt because it got 
a little too scary. And God shows up and judges the Israelite community for their rebellion. It's like if you won't listen to the people I've anointed to lead you, you'll never listen to me. And they end up in a period of wonder and uh, they go through a change of leadership, just expediting the story here. They wander in the wilderness for, you know, so many years after that. And uh, they, they go through many ups and downs and highs and lows and, and coming close to the Lord and then retracting. Coming close to the Lord and then retracting again. And, and much like the Israelites, we do the same thing. But um, then they go through um, a changing of leadership in here. Joshua now leads. Um, and that'll put us in my next point. If you're writing anything down, write down where they were going. Where I'm at isn't where I'm going. Where they were was not where they were going. Read with me Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 1. The Bible says this now Jericho was strongly fortified. Oh, wait a second. This is kind of familiar. Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. In other words, the people, <laughs> it's so funny how this works out. Here, um, some years ago, some years ago, the Israelites are standing on the outside of what seems to be a heavily fortified and strong uh, Canaan land who is, who is very strong and able to take out the Israelite community. And as they stand in fear, the people of stepping into the promise because of what's in the promise, Later, they stand right there in the same shadow of the promise, this time meeting face to face with the first city of what would be the conquest of the Israelites in the Canaan land. Here they stand face to face with Jericho, and now Jericho is heavily fortified because it is afraid of the Israelites. I want to say this, like sometimes the battles we face, uh, you ever heard like, that coyote, or you, you know, you'll be talking about an animal. Oh, it's more scared of you than you are of it. You ever heard that? Oh, that bug, it's more scared of you than you are of it. I'll tell you about a bug. We went on a camping trip, us guys. If you were there, you know. We were at war. Wesley, actually, he, he was the only casualty, but didn't you get got at the last point? No? Oh, we thought you did. Uh, well, maybe he wasn't a casualty. I'll give you your dog tags back. Um, we were out there, and there was these giant, I don't even know what they were. They were hornets, you know, and they're up in the trees, and we're, you know, like men, we'll just camp underneath them. Why not, right? And uh, <laughs> the whole time, we're just, like, combating these things. They go straight, at nighttime, they go straight for the light. And so Bryce krulik has got his, you know, lantern, and, of course, we need light in some cases, so why wouldn't the bees want to join us? And they come, they hang out. And uh, anyway, we were combating these bees all the time. They were definitely not more afraid of us than we were of them. We were, uh, I don't know about the other guys, but I was going to make sure I wasn't getting stung. I've never seen, one came close to Jimmy, I'm going to rat you out. One came close to Jimmy, I've never seen him move as fast <laughs> as he moved. You had to be there. You had to be there. It was so wild. He made a sound, too, that I can't describe. I won't try to emulate it. I didn't know Jimmy could make such sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks big and scary, but no, nah, he made that sound. I, that should be my wake-up tone from here on out, the sound that came forth from Jimmy. But no, here it is. The, the thing that the Israelites are facing are more scared of them than they are 
of it, but they don't know it. And that's just like us. We face battles on a day-to-day basis. We face trials, uh, health issues, marriages that are in decay, uh, children that just won't listen, or parents that just won't listen. We face many, many things and trials on a day-to-day basis. And we sit there defeated because we have this preconceived notion that they are stronger, better, greater, faster, more able than we are, when in all reality, God's already handed the victory over to us, and we won't take it. We won't receive it. And so that, that's where the Israelites uh, were, but here's where they're going. I'll read this one more time. Joshua 6, 1 through 5. Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, and no one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I've handed Jericho, its kings, and its best soldiers over to you. March around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. Do this for six days and have seven priests carry seven ram's horns trumpets or ram's horn trumpets uh, in the front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. And while the priests uh, blow the ram's horns, when there is a prolonged blast, listen for the prolonged blast. When there's a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sounds, have all the troops give a mighty shout and then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance, each man straight ahead. This would be the start of the conquest, Israel's conquest of the Canaan land, starting with Jericho. Not much time Longer or after the first time they stood face to face with the Canaan land. Here they are, standing outside the walls of Jericho. And God gives them, God gives them another opportunity. And Jericho is heavily fortified. And they're strong. But thank God today where I'm at is not where I'm going. Amen? Where I'm at is not where I'm going. Though the walls are tall... They will fall. Though the walls are tall, they will fall. That's a little ditty there. Where I'm at is not where I'm going. Yes, it's going to be terrible walking around this city. It's not, and you've seen me up here trotting around before. Uh, It's not just a little circle that these, like, millions of people are walking around. It's a city, a fortified city, and they are marching around this town. And no doubt there are moms, there are kids, there are nieces and nephews and uncles and aunts. And there are plenty different ranges of shape and size and different ages and different abilities different disabilities and though uh, there be all that they walked around this fortified city and they would go for one day and then two days and and then three days and then after the third day my speculation would be that it would get a little difficult the kids are about as whiny as they could be the 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 moms are about ready to smack the husbands upside the head for even getting us into this mess you could probably finish the narrative there uh literally uh Walking around these walls are challenging, and on the sixth day, even though the seventh was right around the corner, no doubt, there were some that wanted to quit again. There's some that wanted to quit again. Where I'm at is not where I'm going. That's the good part about it. Now I want to speak to you about you. I want to speak to you about me. I want to speak about where I'm at. Somebody say, where I'm at. This is where I'm at. My legs feel like cinder blocks, but this is where I'm at. But thank God where I'm at is not where I'm going. Where I'm weak, he is strong. Come on, somebody, y'all going to have to help me out. Where I'm faithless, he is always faithful. When I fall short, he never fails. My history doesn't have to be my story because my story is history. 
My history doesn't have to be my story because my story is his story. When I live under the rule and the reign of the Father himself, when I give my life to the Lord, when I trust him with my life, when I walk within my purpose of what he's purposed me to do, when I do what the Lord would have me to do, when I live for God and for God alone, my history will not and cannot define me. My failures will not and cannot define me. Why? Because when I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm faithless, he's always faithful. When I fall short, he never fails. My history doesn't have to be my story because my story is his story. I live for him. The enemy may be strong and heavily fortified, but my God champions angel armies. I may think I can. I may think I can and fail every time, but my God says he will. When I can't pay the bills, my God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. When my marriage is failing and it's on a decline, my God brings restoration. When I feel stuck, my God is my deliverer. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise and thank God that where I'm at is not where I'm going. Yeah, my marriage is rough right now, but I know that there is restoration in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I know it's hard to pay the bills right now, but I know that my God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. I know that I can depend and trust on him, and I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how we're going to beat the Nephilim. I don't know how we're going to defeat the giants. I don't know how we're going to bust the walls down. I have no clue how walking around these walls are going to make them fall, but I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus because he told me to, and I can trust in him. Church, the best is truly yet to come if you trust in Jesus, if you put your faith and trust in the only begotten son, if you put your faith and trust in God and what he says over your life, if you put your faith and trust in the promise, quit turning back to Egypt and face forward toward faith forward towards the promise of God. The best is yet to come. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, church. If God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, y'all didn't help me there. If God be for me, who can be against me? Yea, though I walk through the valley of of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. I know the maker of heaven and earth. I know the great I am. I know the alpha and the omega. I know the beginning and the end, the great high priest, the savior of the world. That's worth faithing forward about. I know the one who says, let there be, and there is. Do you? Why are we so defeated? Hmm? How in the world are we a people that lay defeated daily if we know the maker of heaven and earth? There's a promise. Where I'm at isn't where I'm going. It's where I'm at right now, but it's not where I'm going. There's a promise. You remember when I asked if anybody just like asked the Lord, we do this all the time, God, why would you put me through this? Why would you make me go through this? Why would you put this in my path? Why would you put this up in my life? Why do I have to go through this? Where I'm at isn't where I'm going. I feel like the Apostle Paul when he said, we are afflicted on every side and in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. 
We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. That's 2 Corinthians 4, if you were wondering. Where I'm at may be hard. Where I am may be confusing. Where I am may hurt a little, but it's not where I'm going. It's just a pit stop. If you know anything about last year for me, if you were involved in anything regarding last year for me, you would know now, praise God, that that was just a pit stop. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about today. Where I am may be hard, it may be confusing, it may hurt, but it's not where I'm going. It's just a pit stop. It may seem dark in the moment, but it's just a pit stop. It may be difficult for now, but it's just a pit stop. You may be hurting to the core of your very being right now, but it's just a pit stop. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise if you know that where you are isn't where you're going. Somebody say the best is yet to come. Please believe that today. Please believe that today. Where I'm at is not where I'm going. Ban, you can go ahead and come on up. I'm going to close rapidly. Where I'm at is not where I'm going because where I'm going is where the Lord is taking me. When I put my faith and trust in the Lord, when I literally devote my life to the Lord, When I wake up and lay down every day, opening and closing and walking within the Lord's will for my life, where I'm going is where the Lord's taking me. Do you get the concept there? When I'm dependent on the Lord, when the Lord leads my direction, when the Lord is the one taking me, where I'm at is not where I'm going because where I'm going It's where the Lord is taking me. And so though my current, and let me break it down where I'm at, my current situation, though it may be hard, though it may be difficult, though it may hurt, though I may have uh, have to sacrifice some things here and there, it's not where I'm going. Where I'm going is where the Lord's taking me. And I believe where the Lord's taking me is the promise. There's a promise. It's a little process to get to the promise, but we're going to the promise There's promises that the Lord gives to you and I as believers in the Lord. And where the Lord is taking me leads to freedom, church. Where the Lord's taking me leads to freedom. And who the Son sets free is truly free indeed. So let me break it down. Where I'm at is not where I'm going because where I'm going is where the Lord is taking me. And where the Lord is taking me leads straight to freedom. And who who the Son sets free is truly free indeed. He wants to free you from your fear today. He wants to lead you to his promise, and his promise is your purpose. Somebody say that with me. His promise is your purpose. Let's say it one more time. His promise is your purpose. You're never meant to live outside of his promise. His promise is your purpose. So this is where I'm at today, but this is not where I'll be tomorrow. His promise is my purpose. Between where I'm at And where I'm going is where my faith takes its test. Write that down if you're writing anything down. Between where I'm at and where I'm going is where my faith takes its test. I love you, church.